It's Monday Night Live, everybody. Whenever you listen to this, today is Monday. Cheers, we love you. We're back today. The intro has been manufactured by DJ Whirlwind and One Time Productions. Thank you very much. Shout out. But tonight, this episode 358, we got Tammy in the studio. Hello. Tammy, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm super excited because I know what you do is absolutely amazing. And I've been waiting to talk to you because art has always been inspiring me and the mental aspect and then the mind of the humans in this universe as like i want to talk to you and go really into this topic tonight okay cool I'm super honored that you're here tonight thank you so much for having me it's an honor and before we go and dive into this episode please give it up to the following sponsors that make this possible that we feature you this community here in thunder bay and as well as more being here and where we are here at 905 tungsten street that's the same place young's insurance broke sinkers 905 tungsten street 900 90 seconds 90 seconds not 900 90 seconds can save you up to 900 dollars unless you have a very slow internet it might be 900 seconds but now <laughs> it should be only 90 seconds and with nine hundred dollars you can book yourself some mental health sessions right <laughs> yeah absolutely yes yeah. yeah, so nine hundred dollars will take you a long way in mental health sessions there you go <laughs> save that money on your automotive or automotive home or your home you bundle it up online quickly in 90 seconds and you can take that to your advantage three four four quadruple nine that's young's insurance brokers inc also this episode of the podcast brought to you by Raphael's tailoring they're open now appointments needed for fittings but you can give them a dingle and say here i am are you ready for me and Raphael will say yes please come on in 807-476-0669 Raphael's tailoring for all your needs for your clothes fitting alterations zippers your favorite pants the zipper broke you don't your tuxedos yeah yeah i like those jeans that have buttons oh yeah yeah because in if the zipper you don't have a zipper no and then you sometimes the button fills itself too though yeah that's true mm. he can fix it though if the buttons fall off he can fix them yeah he hammers it back in place yeah however they do it yeah it's it's science <laughs> he showed me once like when they shorten the jeans because they have that the jeans you know they have this at the very end i show this to you yeah they the have, cuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and they, they remake it and they actually hammer it mm. i don't know cool they have all the tools Raphael's tailoring is nice. ready now for you 905 Tuxen Street in the powerhouse where we are too in the Young's Insurance. Also, this episode of the podcast brought to you by White McGeary Lester, your injury lawyers and agents of good. And I want you to pull up Instagram right now for them because on the stories, very important. Let's talk about this. This is a parking lot right here in Thunder Bay and they have documented this. One more just looking into... There we go. Uh, is it go back, go back, go back? Did they have it still? There you go back, go back. So this is, this parking lot looks kind of rough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 100%. And this is right where DNR is off Memorial. They put a sign up now there. If there's any issues with the parking lot, roadway, contact the owner, the city of Thunder Bay. So not the businesses own this parking lot, but the city of Thunder Bay. And they have a couple of pylons there for the really deep holes. The craters, they call them. 
looks like the moon. (laughs) That is crazy. And hopefully the city fixes this. It looks dangerous to people and vehicles at City of Thunder Bay. White McGillivy Lester is all there for you. Injury law. And they keep you up to date. And here they are keeping you informed about housekeeping and home maintenance benefits. You can follow them now on social media. As well as online, you can book your free consultation for your personal injury cases like vehicle collisions or slip and falls or like what happens in those potholes, right? When you drive there, like it's crazy out there. Be prepared, be ready. Contact White McGivy Lester right here in Thunder Bay. Your personal injury law is hashtag Asians of Good. 344 1000. Also, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Eloga Pizza. Nice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you try that. You eat local pizza. Yes. <laughs> That's better than me. I'm jealous. Thunder Bay's favorite seasonal pizza is back. The margarita pizza. This is local basil, local cherry tomatoes, and local cheese curds, and local flour all combined together for that summer. It is back now. Eat local pizza. 767-0000. Call now for your order. Or go to your favorite grocery store. Probably has those frozen pizzas in stock. Now available at selected grocery stores. The frozen pizza like beef on a bun pizza or pepperoni and cheese pizza or provolone Hawaiian pizza or sleeping giant bratwurst pizza. Yeah. Nice. All those pizzas. What's your favorite pizza, Tammy? I like Hawaiian. Good. I like Hawaiian pizza. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I don't get the whole thing about the war with Hawaiian pizza. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Have you heard about this? Like some people say it's not a pizza or because it, yeah, because you put fruit on it. Yeah. Oh well, tomatoes are fruit, mm-hmm. and you put tomatoes on pizza. Supposedly cucumbers are fruit too. Oh. Did you know that? No. Yeah. I Interesting. Saw, I saw a video on TikTok. Oh. But I don't know if it's true, right? <laughs> <laughs> it must be true. It's on TikTok. <laughs> it must be. All this episode of the podcast brought to you by CarStar. That is Halfway Motors CarStar, operated locally by the Halfway Motor team. We got the CarStar here, the collision and glass service. You can call now at 1-800-227-7827. Contact them, request a time, photo appraisal, on location, everything online at www.carstar.ca. That's location Thunder Bay. Type that in and they are certified not only in like everything almost. Everything like Mopar, Ford, Nissan, Mazda. You name it, Kia, yeah, it's a GTR, you know, Moe pulled up in his GTR today, and I thought it's a Corvette, but it wasn't. <laughs> I just pulled up in a Rogue, I don't know. That's perfect. Yeah, Nissan, yeah. there you go. Those are good machines. I like it, little Rogue. Yeah, they get you through this town. Mm-hmm. They keep you safe. Car is being relocated. Exciting news at 951 Carrick Street, that soccer field. Right behind Superstore is the new location, and they are moving soon. Stay tuned. When you get in a collision, you can pick your insurance companies. And I've talked recently to somebody who picked Carstar, uh, and he was from out of town. He moved here two years ago, and I asked him, why did you pick it? And he said, somebody else recommended it. Word mm. to mouth. 
So, you know, it's locally operated by Halfway Motors. Go get your quote right now. Also, this episode of the podcast brought to you by Lake of the Woods. Now we have the Lago time. It's Lago time, which is officially the lake time. This little puppy has 100 calories. It's a Mexican-style lager, 4% light beer, and it's perfect for the summer. You have the nutritional facts in the back, too. If you are, like me, training for the 24-hour race, you want to make sure you get lots of calories in because you will burn them all off. I have to run, like, I have to run for 24 hours in about less than 30 days. Oh, my. Yeah, we... Good for you. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a fundraiser, is it not? Uh, it could For be. raising awareness? Yeah, it's like a mental challenge. Really. Oh. It's like a survival, push your limits to the ultimate. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's like out in, where is it? Uh, somewhere the best western is, close by there. In the, uh, and then you just loop and you have to, you have 24 hours and you can just do your distance. It's the high noon, 24 hour trail race and relay. It's the second year this is happening. Oh, Nordic Camville. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, mm, okay. I'm just there for the food. <laughs> <laughs> that looks pretty good. Yes. Super <laughs> excited, but I have no idea how I'm going to survive. You will. Yeah, I don't know. I'm like, in my mind, I'm every day, I'm like, gosh, yeah. Mm. It's about having confidence in yourself, Michael. I bring beer. <laughs> that'll help yeah this new logo yeah they have a dedicated drinking area where you can actually have a beer there you go so i'm gonna bring my lake of the woods and if you want some thunder bay beer delivery is now back you place your order wednesday at midnight and you get it on fridays yes to your location you can get the 24 packs the 24 packs the 12 packs whatever all the flavors and the beers there if you want just root beer or some merch, you get it all at www.shopontario.lowbrew.com. Collections restock. Deep Six, they actually just pulled it out of the lake. That's the beer that is in the lake for six months down by Canara, Lake of the Woods, obviously. For six months, for six months, 20 feet under the ice mm. at the bottom. So it doesn't freeze. That's science, Wayne. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm that's excited. Cool. I don't know if I'm going to get a bottle, but I will try my best. Mm-hmm. All right. That's that's it. Tammy. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. You, you, you know, you, you feel like you've done podcasts many times before. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah. But that's how it feels today. Yeah. Well, that's good. <laughs> the, everybody struggles in life, I think. Some days are beautiful. Some days are tough. And that's part of life. Absolutely. I think that's very true. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's every day can't be a good day. Yeah, I call them dull days. Everybody has dull days. Mm. Even people that are therapists or people that are up deep, upbeat, they still have dull days, right? Yeah, like a cloudy day. Yeah. Why do you think weather inflicts such a mental strain on us? Um, I think it's because the clouds sort of, uh, it's the sun, right? You get healing properties from the sun and when we don't feel that i think it's just kind of an overwhelming feeling and everyone associates cloudiness with being depression or depressed yeah so it's and being down that's like science like sun is good for you because like it's light and it's yeah so it gives you the vitamin d the sun they always say in the summer or in the winter time here to make sure that you're getting plenty of vitamin d by going out in the sun i know so yeah, so we, there is some science to it i'm not a scientist per se i just know from what 
people tell me, right? Mm, it's true. That feeling you get. It's uh, like a blue sky in the summer the, or even in the spring now. Mm -hmm. And the sun is out and you drive to work and you feel fantastic. Yeah. And it's light now. <laughs> it's not like we're, you know, going to, to bed when it's dark, when it's six o'clock and then waking up when it's still dark. So yeah, it's nice to have the longer days. It's true. We had two babies that were are born in the winter and you know they take in the hospital they tell you right away to buy the vitamin d supplements for mm -hmm. the kids nowadays yeah for the babies and you know you can see it in them where they if they don't get enough sunlight they turn colors mm -hmm. and so you know they recommend you lay them somewhere close by the window when the sun comes through for those short hours during the winter and it helps them too yeah yeah for sure i can see that it's crazy yeah how did you come up with that tree, the logo? Pull, more, pull it up on Instagram, please. So, and what does tree? What does that tree mean to you? So, the tree is to keep grounded, right? So, when we think about, um, especially in mental health, we want to stay grounded a lot. Mm. Uh, and trees are very grounding. They're very um, well it's nature. Um, the idea behind it is it's circular. So there's a circle that goes around the tree because life is circular. It's seasonal. Right? And seasonal, yeah. yeah. And the leaves are moving. So they're moving off the page, which means sometimes people get off their circle. Mm. So it's about bringing them back. And I just like the fall colors um, with the orange and the reds. Yeah. And of course, red can represent different things it could be anger or passion so for me it's passionate mm -hmm. it's being passionate and the orange is just the flowing of the um just the tree you know how it flows so the idea was behind the logo was to stay grounded to keep people grounded when they come in they see that logo on my my wall mm -hmm. and it just uh, reminds them that that's what they're there for right i like that a lot mm -hmm. what does what does grounded mean so being grounded means being in the present pretty much like the present moment, just being aware of your surroundings. And, and sometimes when we're depressed or people are suffering from anxiety, they're, they're really, um, hypervigilant or their, you know, their brain is on overdrive as I call it, or their emergency broadcast system is going crazy. Right. So to keep you grounded, you just think about your feet being planted to the ground and just being centered. So it's a way to center people and to kind of keep them uh, calm. And it's a calming mechanism. Good. And you can practice that, right? Absolutely. There was this guy in South Korea this last week, and he was sitting close to the emergency exit of that airplane. Mm -hmm. And he had a panic attack when they were landing. And they were about 300, 400 meters in the air. And he opened the door. Oh, my and in his statement he's like he can legally go to prison now for 10 years wow it's enough like it's it's a crime you can get charged for that and he um he said that he f he felt like he had to get out early mm. okay so i wonder you know was that a panic attack you know like i obviously don't know but like it gets to my brain where some people just like you know, you have a stress, you are somewhere, and then you're in the situation and you do not know how to cope with anything. Right. You know, you, not everybody gets a very special training like uh, in the military where you, you know, you keep breathing. Like right. even if you just keep breathing. Yes. Or you count till 10. Yeah. Right? Even the students now in our schools, right. they have a temper tantrum. They say, hey, can you count till 10? We're gonna talk again. Right. 
not everybody like times are changing yeah in absolutely my, in, when i went to school they just said get out of the classroom yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> there was nothing like that no so some of the things that i do with folks when they come in when they feel anxious or they're you know they're they're on that um panic mode i mean anxiety is about worrying about the future for the most part, like what's going to happen, what's going on, that kind of thing. So I like to give them the five, four, three, two, one technique. And it's something everybody can do. And it helps you to, as I call it, hiccup the brain. Because when you're anxious, your brain is, like I said, it's on overdrive. And you're in that constant state of arousal because you think the next threat is coming. And you're not sure where it's coming from, so you're always looking for it. So that, to me, describes sometimes what anxiety is. Okay. So I describe the 54321 technique, So, and I call it hiccuping the brain. So what happens is just you sit there and you go, what are five things you can see right now? Mm. So you look around the room and you actually say... I can see you, I can see the, you know, the monitor, I can see the t-shirt and you think of five things you can see. What are four things that you can hear? And when you do that, you actually have to stop, pause and really listen to hear things, mm -hmm. right? Three things that you can touch, two things that you can um, smell and one thing that you can taste, like if you had a coffee or something. Yeah. And what that does, is it accesses your senses and I call it hiccuping the brain because now you're concentrating on something else. Right. And so it's kind of like a nice technique for people to do. Interesting. So mm -hmm. you're taking back control. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. You um, override it. Yes. Yeah, so you're engaging a different part of your brain by using your senses, mm -hmm. and it allows you to kind of calm down a bit, and then things kind of, you know, oh, I can breathe again. Oh, that really worked. Mm -hmm. And it takes practice, so I get some of my clients to do it when they're not anxious, so that when they do get in that state, um, that they can just automatically go to it. Yeah, it's like so a So it's a practice, on right? And the practice, yeah. Too. Yeah, practice makes perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Or just engaging your breath, just saying, okay, mm. concentrate on your breath. Where are you feeling it right now? You know, where's the anxiety? Breathe into it. You know, just using those types of techniques. Yeah, that's helpful. Yeah. It is. Yeah, and why anybody not, can like, do taste, it. Why don't taste five things so? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like you can use, if you can't remember, you know, five things you can see, five, four, four you can three, hear. Two, one. Yeah, it just... Anyway, any way that you can engage your senses. And that's kind of that grounding technique mm -hmm. because now you're going, okay. And what, what you can feel is, well, I can feel my feet on the ground and the ground is connected to the soil. And even though it's on the floor, it's connected to ground and mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So Yeah, there's that thing too in meditation, you know, you should ground yourself all the time too. Like if in like people who believe in <clears throat> channeling whatever through their body but it's helpful to also be grounded so it can flow through you instead of just keeping it in your body yeah so, absolutely you know whatever and, you and, believe in yeah and it's all about mindfulness right so mindfulness when i heard someone said well are you very mindful and i'm like well i don't sit and go um you know meditating which is a type of mindfulness but mindfulness is just being aware of the moment and what you're doing in that exact moment yeah. so you can be mindful eating you can be in the shower and be mindful and you're mm -hmm. just conscious of um, the moment that you're in so you're feeling the water cascading down your head you're um, you know you're smelling the soap and you're just engaging your senses while you're in the shower for that 10 minutes do you think like our need for 
content and consuming short content mediums through social media especially gets us being more on edge being more feeling more anxiety personally i think so and and the reason for that is because we have an instant society now um when you go to mcdonald's and you're sitting in the drive-thru and it's taking five minutes people get upset yeah. Whereas before you'd go into McDonald's, there wasn't a drive-through and you'd have to stand for 10 minutes before you get your food. Mm-hmm. Um, they say that when people are flipping, looking through their phones, three seconds or three to eight seconds, so it's, there's a landing on a spot or they're landing on something. So if you don't attract a consumer's attention within that, then they're not going to be interested, right? Mm-hmm. And I think with all the social media stuff that's going on, especially for children right now. It's dangerous. Uh, it is. It's very dangerous. Um so I think that we get away from that mindfulness stuff or we get away from things that actually we enjoy because we're always on our phones. You went to the school, right? Yes. On your profile, you had that picture for the down. More, just, let me take this for a second. I don't know if I find it so fast. There you go. This is uh, you, the intimate students at Westmont School. Westmont School worked with local art therapist Tammy, as is you, to mm-hmm. explore how art therapy can help you to tame your inner critic. Yes. Students first reflected about what their inner critic tells them and how they can change that narrative. And then they used clay to sculpt their critic. Once dried, they will paint them up. The purposeful activity was an opportunity for self-expression and empowerment. It's quite powerful, eh? Yeah. I mean, everyone has that inner critic, right? What is that? So the inner critic is that inside voice that we hear sometimes. It's that narrative that runs in our heads. So sometimes people will hear uh, they're not good enough or they're not thin enough or they're not sporty enough or whatever it is. Mm. Um, And that's that inner critic. It's that internal dialogue that that we listen to and we believe it because we think, well, my head is saying it, so it's got to be true. Right. So what I do with the inner critic is I ask a bunch of questions. So what does the inner critic sound like? What is it saying to you? Whose voice is it? Um, How old is the inner critic? And naming it. Um, So that's a picture of one of the students working on their inner critic. Um, And then um, I ask them usually questions. If this was your best friend saying these things about themselves, what would you say to your best friend? Because it's easier to be cruel to ourselves than it is to somebody else. So, Why is that? Well, we're, our brains are conditioned to think negatively. Really? Yeah, because we have that fight, flight, or freeze reflex. Okay. If we didn't have that, and that's that constant, you know, arousal state looking for the next S- danger. Survival, right? Yeah, you'd be going up to that polar bear going, hey, nice polar bear, and you'd be patting it on the head, right? So we have that, um, that uh, I call it the emergency broadcast system that allows us that fight, flight, or freeze reflex. But what happens with the inner critic is that we're always looking for something that's negative because we're always looking for that next threat. Mm. So we start to believe the negative thoughts and we start to believe what we're hearing in our head because somebody told us that. Oh, wow. So what I like to use is I call it the blue blob. So when you're five or six and you bring home this painting from from art class and there's a blue blob on the on the page, and your parents ask you, oh, what's that? And you say, it's a dog. And your parents, oh, that's a great dog. I love that dog. They put it on the fridge. They glow about it. They tell everybody that's a blue, you know, that oh, it's it's a dog. My daughter did it. My son did it. But if you did that at 12, 13, 14 years old, or as an adult and brought it home, and they went, 
It's a blue blob. That's not a dog. Don't you know what a dog looks like? Well, regardless of whether you love to do art, you start to take that internal dialogue and you go, well, why do I even bother doing it? Because obviously somebody doesn't think it's good. So I'm going to stop doing it. Or the kid on the field that likes to play soccer and they're not that best at it. They may not be the fastest runner. And all the kids say, I don't even know why you're here. Like you're never going to go anywhere. Like why are you even playing soccer? And the kid goes, well, I guess I'm going to stop playing soccer, even though I love doing it. So that's that inner critic that starts to develop in our head. So we start to listen to that voice. So it's both in a way. Mm -hmm. It's outside influence. Yeah. And then it's taken repetitively in your mind again and again. Yeah, exactly. Because every time that you want to try something new, you have that inner critic going, well, you failed at that last time. So why are you even bother going to try? Because there's no point because you're no good at it because so-and-so said you weren't good at it. Yeah. So what I like to do with clients is say, well, where's the evidence to support that statement? Like, where is that evidence? Can you give me an evidence to support that you're not good at, at well, especially when they come in for art therapy, mm-hmm. where's the evidence to support you're not good at art? You actually did a painting, good for you. Right. Right? So it's about addressing that inner critic and finding the evidence to support the statement that you're hearing in your head. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I feel like art is so hard to judge too. And I don't, like, I have many people who have attended um, like art here locally at the university, mm-hmm. right? And in the university, they they rate you and they grade you on your work, right? And you know that's really tough because it's art. Yeah, you like it's so hard to say, "Hey, your painting really sucks." Because yeah. like, does it though? Right. Because you don't know that, right? It's like a personal perception. Yes. And who gives you the right to say that this art piece is not a tan? Exactly. Right? Yeah. Nobody. No. No. Because I mean, you look at the art gallery of Ontario and you look at the art that's in there. You've got Jackson Pollock who people go, oh my God, he dropped paint on the page or on the canvas. And then you got a Rembrandt. Okay. So what is art? Well, they both are. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Even like um, writing music. Yeah. Having a podcast or doing, taking pictures. Like everything in a way is art. Yes. However, I would say almost, almost say art is life. Life is art. We are life. We are art, right? Absolutely. As a, as a human. But you bring that, you, you channel this through no superior art therapy. You channel that into so much of help and greater because, you know, you open that dialogue of like, where do your feelings come from? And then, you know, creating like a little model of your inner critic mm-hmm. and then naming it. That's powerful stuff. It is because it actually separates it from your head, right? And then we have a conversation about it. And a lot of times it's a lot smaller than what they think it is. And then I say, it's really not that big, is it? It takes a lot of real estate in your head, but it's really not that big. Mm-hmm. And then they go, yeah, it's not. And they a lot of times when they start sculpting their inner credit, they go, I don't know what, what I'm going to do. And then they just start chatting and then something develops. And it's amazing to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they paint it and they, yeah, you know, that, that's colors in, right? Colors tell a lot, I guess. <clears throat> yeah. So sometimes they'll paint it 
depending on who, what their inner critic is, they may paint it really black or they may paint it red or, mm. you know, really bright colors or whatever, just depending on how they're feeling about it. Do people have like similar uh, visions of inner critics or is it all like individual? It's all individual. There's never a similarity in a way? No. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I've had um, some people do brains that their inner critic is their brain. I had somebody do a... Um, um, a ball and chain because mm. they said it felt like a wrecking ball yeah. going through their head. Um, some people do creatures, um, just different objects mm. or whatever. So it just depends on what comes out when they're actually sculpting. What about names? Why is um, that important to name it? Because I think it embodies it so that it actually becomes a separate entity. Because then mm. you can say, oh, that's just, like, mine is the Nasher, so that was my inner critic. I can say, oh, that's just a Nasher, so just dismiss it because he doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like a friend that you don't want to mm. hang around the with. The guy right? who always says no. Yeah, exactly. That's why they say, like, if you have a really good idea, you shouldn't tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because, like, good ideas, 95% of good ideas, I'm just throwing this out there. I don't know if it's true. <laughs> But I, that's how I feel. Right. If you tell anybody, this is what I'm going to do, and your best friend's going to say, this is going to suck, you might not ever going to do it. Yeah. Like, it's squished at the very beginning. Yeah, exactly. So that's why, you know, just hold on to that idea and just do it. Yeah. Don't listen to Moet. <laughs> you had to bring him in, eh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so... I mean, that, that's usually how I start because I find that when a lot of people come in um, and they're feeling from anxiety or suffering from anxiety or depression or post-traumatic stress, PTSD, um, mm. they have a lot hard time expressing themselves. So that's the beauty of the art therapy. Yes. Uh, so they come in and we talk about the inner critic and I talk about the brain and how it responds in during stress. And, you know, I have a lot of people come in and say, I feel like I'm going crazy. I'm going crazy. No, you're not. It's just your brain. Yeah, we had Julia on and she talked about trauma and she described it as a memory that the brain can't get over. Yeah. Like it's oh it's like it's like it can't get over that memory because it's so powerful that it overpowers your body. Yeah, and it's always there and you never know when that file is going to open up Trigger. and and yeah, yeah, or activation. I like to use activation. Why is that? Well, because triggering sounds like guns, okay. right? So, okay. um, and in today's society with, you know, the gun culture and everything, I find mm. an activation is good. a little bit softer. I like that. Then, yeah. Yeah. So that's usually what I talk about when you're activated. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. And it can be anything, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It could be driving down the street and you get on the brakes hard. If you were involved in a car accident, just getting on the brakes hard, that can activate a memory or it can activate that heavy breathing and you're all tense again because your body doesn't forget trauma. Right. But you can work through it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You can. So does it like, but you can work through it and then it disappears? It doesn't disappear. So um, part of my bio, I was a police officer for many years, oh. um, oh. suffered from PTSD towards the end of my career. Mm -hmm. And I, I used art therapy um, myself uh, to get over or not get over to help me heal or help me cope with my symptoms of PTSD. Okay. So now when I think about those incidents, I know how to deal with it. I don't forget because they're horrific homicides and stuff. I don't forget them, mm. but now I can do something else instead of getting wrapped up in that, 
rumination or I wish I had done that or whatever it is, right? right? So I'm able to move forward with resilience. So bounce forward rather than going back to when it happened. I love that. So because yeah. you have you went through that experience. Yeah. I did. Yeah. So yeah. you know it. Yeah. I've yeah. lived it. I think that's so important. Yeah. If you know, if you help people and you understand the feeling because you went through it. And I know exactly what my brain felt like during that time. Um, there were some times where I was averaging four hours of sleep a night and that's not enough sleep because mm -hmm. my brain wouldn't shut off. So I know that hyper arousal state and I know how I was feeling and going, I, I'm going crazy. Like this is ridiculous. Why can't I sleep? Why everything's swimming through my head and I'm looking for the next threat. So by doing art and being able to be grounded and calming myself, I was able to kind of go, okay, hiccup my brain. I'm doing okay. I'm not back then. Mm. I'm in the present and I'm just going to be in the present. Mm -hmm. So it was very helpful. Wow. Mm -hmm. Can you close your eyes or you see it all? Sometimes I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now I can look at it like a movie, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So I'm not living the experience. Now it's just like... Third person. Yeah, like I'm watching the movie. Mm -hmm. I used to have a hard time going past the areas where the homicide took, took place. Now I can go by and go, yeah, that's where it happened and mm -hmm. not worry about it. Yeah. So, but I found that the art therapy has helped me through that okay but there's there's many ways right mm -hmm. there's this was a very specific way we just sampled <laughs> where you know you went to the students and you helped them with situations because i feel like our youth right now they're exposed to so much that we weren't when i growing up or maybe you like you know i'm actually thankful that there was no social media when i grew up mm -hmm. because we just like you know we because I feel like it's put so much pressure on you. Absolutely. It and can that, be. Yeah. And that pressure for kids, especially in their, like the intermediate, intermediate students, which are 12, 13, there's a lot of social media pressure for them to be something else or to be, especially for young girls. I mean, I know it's the same for, for young boys, but especially young girls when they're watching TikTok videos of these girls that you know have are you doing all those new stuff? filters have you seen it i haven't but i've heard yeah. about them yeah i've seen videos they put them on there's some women who put that on and they say hey look at me i'm taking it off and it's a complete different person yeah absolutely <laughs> so which is amazing but also very scary because mm -hmm. you have a generation that's growing up with social media and they're exposed to that so that causes anxiety and depression because they're not measuring up quote unquote to what mm -hmm. they're seeing yeah how do you so, how do you like as a society, how do you set values? You know, how do we set values that are good for you hmm. in a way where like, you know, sure, we look at this, but like in when you're in a family, family setting, right? We like, hey, Albus, you know, you, you're, you're awesome. That's like as a parent, you mm -hmm. can empower your kids, right? You can say that you accept them for who you are and just like if they are not super good in school so be it but like i've read this book by um the scientists uh what is it called the he would shit the uh, he says that every like our society is totally broken the you know more the book from the scientists I, i'm drawing a blank i'm sorry but I haven't finished it yet. But in his thesis, he said that we just should love our child unconditionally. Mm -hmm. 
And like that's the most important thing when your child grows up. You just accept them f- for who they are. Absolutely. And it's about giving them affirmations, right? And affirmations are the attaboys. Uh, um, because if we hear negative things, and there's a few words that I take out of, I try to take out of people's vocabularies. One of them is can't. You know, I can't do that. I can't do that. I've had some people come in and say, you know, I can't get out of bed in the morning. And I look at them and go, well, you got here. So you can. That's true. <laughs> Right. Yes. So we it, we replace can't with can. Another word that that I hear a lot is always. Well, you're always doing this. You're always doing that, or you're always, um, you know, saying those things or whatever. And instead of always, well, no, sometimes, sometimes you say it, not always, uh, and yeah. never. Another word is never. You know. What's a powerful? They are very powerful. Yeah. So if you take never away and you, and you say, you know, sometimes you do it, but never ever happens. My dad said to my mom when they got married, as a promise, they would never use the word never. Mm. That's that's a good promise. That was like the, one of the things he told me about. Yeah. The book is called The Myth of Normal by Gabor Maid. Oh, yes. Maidor? Yeah. G- Gab- Gabe Maidor, yeah. Yeah, Gabor Mate. I'm pronouncing yeah. probably wrong. Great guy, too. Like he grew up in the Second World War and his mom had to give him away. Yes. Because he was Jewish and, you know, he got trauma right away. Yeah. And then um, he, is, he wrote this book with his son together. And he talks about like, you know, he went to South America and they went to this retreat and they brought other people and they were um, indigenous people there shaman Mm -hmm. and they were like you know they were able to i don't know how they do it or whatever but like in the book he tells a story where they could see trauma and they work through trauma through like uh, drumming and taking substances and i don't know right but like you know and they he was so reserved and so closed up in his that he, they told him, you got to leave. <laughs> <laughs> and in the end, they worked with him, right? Yeah. Because he opened up. But mm-hmm. like, life is hard. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and absolutely. We, we go through those years and we close ourselves off. And that's why it's so important, the work you do so early with those students. I have huge respect for that. Oh, well, thank you. It, it was really, it was beneficial for them. And just having that conversation about that inner critic and... A lot of it is bullying too, right? So when it's young kids, I say it's a, it's your internal bully mm. that's saying these things to you. And another word that that needs to get out of the language is should. Because when we hear, well, you should be doing that, we think shame because you're doing something wrong. It's true. Right? So if we take that word should out and say, no, I could be doing it, now it's a choice. Mm-hmm. So instead of listening to that inner critic saying, well, you should be doing what you're, you know, doing this or you should be. No, I choose to do this today. And it actually gives you a choice rather than something you should have to do. Yeah, I want to do this. Yeah. yeah. I want to do it instead of somebody saying that you should be doing it. Mm-hmm. And and having conversations like this with your kids so that they understand that, you know what, you can do anything that you want. You can be successful and you make a choice. You don't have to do something. You should do something. Um, and giving them a choice that say, no, you can choose to be a doctor. You can choose to be a concrete pourer or whatever it is that you want to do. And right. there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. 
right? And just empowering children. What is success for you? Like for the, you know, you you said that the way you drew that success into this studio. <laughs> you know, I find success is doing something you you enjoy doing. Yeah, because, absolutely. Because it sets you up to be in a better place, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my parents never stopped me from doing anything. Um, you know, really? I came home one summer and I said, Dad, I'm in the military. All right. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> that's Tammy. <laughs> you know? Like it wasn't even, oh, my God, you shouldn't be doing that, blah, blah, blah. He goes, all right, what does that mean? I said, well, I'm mm. going to be working for the reserves in the summer. It's a summer job. Right. All right. <laughs> like, did you like that reaction? Or yeah. Or did you want something else? No. It was a great reaction. Okay. Because he, it was supportive. To me, that was yeah. supportive. Mm -hmm. Right? Going, well, okay. Okay. <laughs> Whatever you're going to do, that's fine. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like, never dissuaded me from anything. Which, that's what we're supposed to do as kids, if it's not dangerous, is to try different things. Yes. Why is that? I think because we don't know what we want to do. Mm -hmm. And just finding what that purpose in life is or the success mm -hmm. you know being happy by what you're going to be doing yeah success is not success in a way where success is really just what makes you happy yeah because if you know ultimately you want to be happy in life absolutely and that's that's all we want we just want to be happy yeah and content i think happy and content like content is being you know to me that's being Fine with who you are, fine with your, you know, your stage in your life, uh, fine with what you have, if you have things. Um, to me, that's contentment. Mm -hmm. Being happy is realizing that we're grateful for things that we have. Uh, and I'm happy that I have those things and can be grateful for those things. Okay. That's a good, a good explanation. Mm -hmm. You know, you said earlier, Tammy, that we think about the future. Mm -hmm. And we are one of the only beings on this planet who can do it. Like, you can't talk to a dog and say, hey, tomorrow. They don't understand that concept. Right. And supposedly we can do, because we have this brain area, the front. Prefrontal cortex. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that we are able to be able to put that concept together of time. Mm-hmm. And that's what separates us, in a way, from others. And people worry about the future most of the time, right? The future yeah. is unknown. You can't control it. But you can set your future. Yes. With those thoughts. Yeah. I, I, I believe that. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, if depending on what you want in your future, you can set those thoughts. And those are goals like setting goals for yourself, right? So yes. if you know what you want to do with your life and you set those goals and then you work towards those goals, then that's your future. Mm -hmm. And you're right. I mean, I take my dog to the tree farm and she doesn't care if it's the same squirrel she saw yesterday. She's going to go after it, right? Because they're so in the present. We can learn a lot from animals because they are in the present. Mm -hmm. They don't know that they're going to die. We do yeah. as human beings and we get to this point in our life and we go, oh my goodness, I'm out of time. Like I didn't do the things I wanted to do. Well, what are you waiting for? Mm -hmm. Do it. Be in the present moment and do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can set goals for the future and work towards those, mm -hmm. which I think is different than not knowing the future. Then you create your own future. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So that's a form of affirmation. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Setting goals mm -hmm. and using that SMART acronym, like SMART, so it's um, 
Okay, you're going to tax my memory here. <laughs> so they're specific goals, they're measurable, they're attainable, they're reasonable, and they're timely. So that's what SMART goals sound like. So if you make a SMART goal, um, then you can move towards that goal. Mm. And that's the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you set goals that are achievable. Mm -hmm. Some some smaller, some medium, and some bigger. Yeah. So long, medium, and, and um, short-term goals. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of the, my clients that come in, their short-term goal is to not get fixed, but they want something to help them in the immediate. Like they want something now. And then as we move forward... Um, a lot of times I'll say, well, my long time goal is to find this or I'd like to get um, this in my life. Well, let's work towards that. Right. Um, so when they come in and we start doing art therapy, um, what I'm doing is I'm keeping them in the present so that they can think about what their goals are going to be and think about something else rather than mm -hmm. the trauma that brought them to see me. Yes. So it's a big first step to reach out for help. right? Absolutely. That's a big step. Yeah. How many people do you think don't take that step? Like percentage-wise? Like 50-50? Oh, wow. What do you think? I think it's higher than that. You think that so, yeah. don't. And the problem, I think, that, well, there's a lot of difficulties, is that some people can't afford therapy. Mm -hmm. um, other people don't have benefits through their work, so they don't get, get it paid. Uh, and it can be expensive. Um, I know that there are lots of therapists, like myself, that offer sliding scales, so... You know, if someone can't afford it, we can talk about it, right? Okay. Or if they don't have benefits, because I want to help people and I want to see them get through this immediate that they need to get through right. with their suffering at the moment. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's so, good. But people overall, like more and more mental health is becoming bigger for us, right? We, yeah. We, are, we, are, we realize that we need to work on that yes a lot more than ever you know and it's it is more ac accessible too than ever too yes in a way where it's still not enough but it's like you can there's like you can go and visit students right mm -hmm. with like they get supervised by somebody else and it's like in a way it's for free i think I mean, don't want to say anything wrong, but I think that's locally too, mm -hmm. where you could like, but some people don't want to do that, right? Right. They want to go to a, a professional right away. Right. So it's really complicated. To, it is. To find the right person too. Yeah. And the beauty of art therapy is that you don't have to talk. Like if you, if you came so, in and. I think you walk me through this. Okay. So. When someone comes in, a lot of times I'll ask them, so what is it you hope to achieve with these sessions? And they'll tell me, you know, what they want to hope to achieve. And they say, a lot of times I'll get, I'm not really sure how to do this. Okay, well, I'll get you started. Here's a blank piece of paper and let's do a, a directive I call or an art prompt called, I am, this is me. And just draw pictures about who you are, you know, where you were born, your birth order, uh, what's going on in your family, why you are seeking help. And then they'll just start to draw and it's okay if it's stick people and they'll put hearts or they'll, whatever it is. Right. And as they're drawing, I'll watch them and I'll do my own little doodle as they're drawing and because mm -hmm. they're in the thought process. Um, and then they'll say, um, okay, I'm done. Okay, so tell me about your picture. Well, well, you know, I was born here and blah, blah, blah. And they'll go through it. And I learn a lot of information about what their goals are, what they want to achieve through art therapy or through therapy. And then we'll work on the inner critic. If they have a really strong inner critic, 
then they'll come in the next time and they'll sculpt their inner critic mm-hmm. and we'll have a conversation about it. And it's amazing because once somebody's engaged in something with their hands, they start saying things that they sometimes have never told anyone before. Mm-hmm. So it really is freeing that way. Um, and then we have a discussion about the inner critic. I might give them a handout about it. The next time they come in, we might do affirmation statements. So they'll do little affirmation cards with these really nice statements that they come up with. Um, other things I might, some of them on my Instagram posts, uh, you'll see it drop paper or drop, um, dropping paint. So the one that keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Oh, sorry. It's back. The other way. <laughs> the other way. <laughs> the other way. That's okay. <laughs> uh, no, keep going. No, 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 that, okay, that one there, the one in the middle between life ain't perfect, my outlook is, that one there. So that is an, um, something that I do with folks and I ask them to choose a couple of colors of paint mm-hmm. in the bottles uh, and then they just drop them on the page and then they take another page and put it on top and then I get really technical and I tell them smoosh the paint, that's mm-hmm. a technical term. So they smoosh the paint and we talk about the sensation and what it feels like and then they pull it off. And it creates an, a mirror image. And that one's called Dancing Lady. Because at the top, you can see her head with the black and the, the face and then mm-hmm. the dress. Yeah. So they turn it and they find something in their own art. And they, they find images. Mm. So then we talk about that. And, and then I've had people say, this really represents what's going on in my head right now. Right? So that's a simple exercise that they do. I get that. And it doesn't take any talent at all, which is the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. Is it just, it's just dropping paint on a page. Right. So that's another one, the blue one in the middle there. So that one's called the blue man. And I was actually going for waves. So I put the paint on it and I was, uh, I smooshed it and pulled it off and I turned it. And then I saw that blue, f- blue man face and I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's this eye here, right? This, yep. This the eye, eye and then the nose. nose. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And that's what it's about. And it's about discovering what's in your own art and expressing it through using paint or collage. Sometimes I'll do collage or, um, you know, scrolls like a gratitude scroll, anything like that. So why is art so powerful? I think it's universal and it's so subjective. You said it yourself earlier that it's subjective, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I just think that it just, it brings you back to kind of like your childhood a little Mm. bit when you were able to do art and you didn't care what it looked like kind of thing, or you just did it because you liked it. So it's creating. Yeah, it's creating. It's, and it's the creative process. It's not necessarily, I'm not making artists, like I'm not teaching you how to paint, um, but it's the creative process and that's what it is. Yeah, because we're all creators in a way, right? Absolutely. We even create our own life. Yeah. Yeah. Our own destiny, our own past we've created. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just a nice way for people to express themselves. So I've talked to people and they sometimes they say, hey, I'm depressed. And, you know, nobody wants to die, really. Mm-hmm. But they fall into this hole and it's just this feeling. And I've talked to them and they say afterwards they got through it. And, you know, but they just had to get out of it. But in that moment, like you feel like nothing matters. Mm-hmm. But they also don't want to die, right? Because nobody wants to. In the in the end, like nobody really wants to. Maybe that's just how I'm wording it right now. Right. Is that when that inner critic is just so heavy and so big 
like how can get how can it get this big and so overwhelming where it's just like it takes almost it drains everything away from you because well if i can explain kind of like the the win uh, the brain part of it is that we get into that state of arousal where we get to the bottom of the arousal state and nothing matters. Uh, you don't want to be here. It's a really deep, deep depression. And it's just your brain um, because it could be overwhelming, whatever it is that you're trying to deal with. And you're so out of your comfort zone. You're so out of the coping mechanism that you used in the past that nothing's going to bring you out of that mm -hmm. again. So, I can see how it happens with folks is that there's just so things that are so overwhelming. They have nowhere else to turn um, and they don't know what to do. They don't know how to get out of it. Um, so by doing something mindful or doing, I've had people do come in and do art therapy and they go, I'm feeling better. Thank yeah. you for this. Right. Mm -hmm. So it does help. Um, it's, it's really, I mean, it's the brain, mm -hmm. right? Like it's, it's hard to explain it other than that. That's it's crazy. Yeah. It's that freeze part of the, your brain. You get at that moment where you're like, I got nothing. I know. The tank is empty. I got nothing left. But I, they know it too. Yeah. And they know they get, they just have to get out of it. Yeah. And then they do. And then everything is okay. Yeah. And some people can do that. And there's other people that can't. And those are sometimes when they end up in the hospital where they need some professional help. Right. Yeah. Wow. So the brain is an amazing organ. Mm -hmm. It really is. Um, and everything's connected. Right. They did this study. Uh, I talked about this earlier too. The They measured, they can track your brain waves, right? Mm -hmm. Of your consciousness. Yeah. Or like where certain areas, they track your thoughts and then they find the areas of the brain. Right. Because they highlight, they highlight up on the machines or whatever. And they ask about like, think about your consciousness. And there was no, nothing was lighting up in the brain. Mm. I think, Maud. Do you know what I'm article I'm talking about? Do you remember this, Maud? Yeah. Because they were trying to f map the consciousness in the human body. Mm -hmm. But it's almost like they couldn't. In a way, because it's, it's ever floating. Maybe I'm butchering this, but have a shift. I don't, I don't know where it was. It's been a couple of weeks. So gone. Uh, I think it was on CBC News. Okay. And it was an interview article. Because then actually the person who was interviewing, exploring the problem of consciousness, uh, maybe February. Yeah, that sounds about right. Nope. Click on that one. Does it load? Take me, let me take over for a second. And then down below. I'm just looking if I can find it. No, nah, it's not that article. I'm sorry. I just thought I'd bring it up. <laughs> I can't find it. That's how it is sometimes, right? Yeah, that's all right. That's my memory. That's okay. Don't beat yourself up about it. <laughs> That's that inner critic. Don't beat yourself up about it. <laughs> Sometimes you meet that one person in your life randomly somewhere and you didn't like, I painted a lot when I was in high school mm -hmm. and we moved to Canada and I sold all my paintings on the flea market because I could only bring one bag. Mm. Right. 
you know, I'm an, I like to paint abstract mm-hmm. on canvas with acryl. And, you know, there was this one guy, he bought some of my art stuff. Like, I just sold it for like one euro or whatever. Made some some money in my pocket, so I, whatever. I mm-hmm. didn't really care. And I remember to this day, he said, don't ever stop painting. Mm-hmm. When he picked it up and he just like some kind of stranger. And I, I've never seen him again in my life. I will never see him again. Mm-hmm. But he said, don't ever stop painting. You have something really good going on. And that's all it takes sometimes. Yeah. Like that's like that's empowerment. It is, and it's an attaboy, right? What? And it's somebody an attaboy, which what does is that like mean? It, an attaboy is like a compliment. Okay, like you're doing well, right? Mm. And that's one of the things we do is that um, we don't celebrate our small victories, right? So when someone says they can't get out of bed, and you say, "Well, you made it here today," celebrate that that you made it here. Mm. It kind of changes the way that we think, and we go, "Oh yeah, I did." You know, or me coming in here being nervous about this podcast. Right. You know, like we're doing fine, I think. Mm-hmm. 100%. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You yeah. Right. So, so it's about celebrating those small victories and being an artist and especially someone that says it to you who is a total observer that doesn't know you from anywhere, anywhere saying, don't stop painting. That's like, wow. Yeah. That's validation. Mm-hmm. Right. That's powerful. It is powerful. And what we have to do is start validating ourselves. So are we like imprinted in growing up that you shouldn't talk about yourself as like, hey, you're really good? Well, yeah, because then it sounds like you're bragging. Yeah. I mean, the same thing happens with me when I say, yeah, I'm an art therapist. Oh, can you draw? Well, how do you answer that? Um, Yeah, I can. Well, then aren't you arrogant? Well, no, but I can draw, you know. Yes, everybody can draw. Everybody can draw. Mm -hmm. I mean, I come by it naturally. My grandmother painted, I painted, I come, I have a natural talent. So do I not tell people that or I just downplay it? But if you say it, people think, oh, well, that's really arrogant. You really, you know, think you're something because you say you can paint. Well, I don't think. (laughs) So that's pretty much like society then. Yeah. That's a fault of society. I think so. Where we are not allowed to be proud of ourselves. Yeah. Like, you know, shoulder clap. Yeah, I'm I'm good. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing okay. Yeah. Right? It's so important. It is. And one of the affirmations that I tell people is, you know, I'm doing the best I can for today. Uh, Okay. Yeah. You know? I think that's really important. Really important. It is. And telling kids that it's okay to be proud of your accomplishments. And it's okay to say, yeah, I'm good at hockey or I'm good at art or I'm a good soccer player or I'm a good baseball player. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean you're arrogant. It just means that you're recognizing that you have skill. Yeah, I saw this interview today about like an NBA basketball player and they didn't win the trophy at the end of the season. And, you know, the the reporter said, hey, do you consider this season as a failure? Mm. And then he said, well, you know, I think that's the wrong question. Like, you know, you have good days, you have bad days. I'm just butchering this. And then in the end, he brought up Michael Jordan, right? The mm-hmm. most famous basketball player ever. But it took him nine years to be the good player. He was number 10 of the years. Yeah. So he asked the reporter, you think those nine years were all failures? Yeah, yeah exactly, right? <laughs> It's crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. Because, you know, you don't get there if you don't put in the work. That's right. And you show up every day. Yeah. There is no failure in showing up. No, exactly. And doing it again. That's right. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I use the acronym F-A-A-F-A-I-L. 
you don't fail. It's the first attempt I learned from. Yeah. That's what F-A-I-L means. So it's not a failure. You're not a failure. You didn't fail. Mm. It's the first attempt that you tried and wasn't successful. So you try again. Yeah. And never give up, right? It can only get better. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it will. Yeah. You just have to allow yourself to go through that process. Yes. So being less self-critique in yeah. a way. And just evaluating the evidence to support any of the statements and treating it just like a thought. Because a thought doesn't mean that it's real. It's just a thought. That's all it is. Your brain comes up with a gazillion thoughts a day. I'm not sure what, I know that's not the real figure, but it sounds like <laughs> it's it. a lot. Yeah, it is. <laughs> right? Like we, we have a lot of thoughts during the day. But if you start thinking that everything's bad and everything's negative and everything, well, you're going to have a negative outlook, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, but if you start saying, no, you know what? I am good at things like I did get out of bed and I am good at art or I am good at talking on the radio and I'm doing a good job or all that kind of stuff. Then we start to boost ourselves or boost, pump up our tires, right? Mm -hmm. And feel good about ourselves. And there's nothing wrong with that. And then we inspire other people too. Absolutely. Yeah. They can feel it too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You see it in your face. Yes. And you know, if you were like, if, it's almost like a shining, like, the, you know, you just, the way you, you carry yourself. People, yeah. People pick up on that. Absolutely. If I had someone come in the office and I was slouched and I wasn't looking at them and I'm like, yeah, whatever, not smiling. Or well, how much confidence are they going to have in me as a therapist? When they come in, I greet them. Thanks for coming in. Welcome to the studio. Smile at them, you know, introduce myself. That's what they want to see. And they want, as soon as they walk through that door, they have hope. Yes. It's such a big step to reach it out is. for help, that first step. Absolutely. And it's not a weakness no. to ask for help. I know. But it's just like, it. and then maybe the, you go once and then it's the wrong one. And then you think, yeah, everybody's like that. Right. It's like, it's so, it's not that easy, but you you can be worth it. You yeah. Can, you are worth to try again. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I find with the art therapy that, um, you know, they, they, a lot of clients, they enjoy the process. They like going through it. They, they're proud of their artwork, which is really good, mm -hmm. you know, and I don't judge. It's a non-judgmental environment. hundred mm percent. -hmm. And it's so intuitive too. Yeah. You see it all the time when a kid in a movie draws the black man in, in the house with this tool in his hands. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, kids channel... Uh, reality what they experience into paintings and they draw about it yeah like absolutely that's natural yeah yeah so using that for us and your therapy really good yeah i i mean i think it's highly success successful it, it helped me um you know i lost my dad in 2015 there was a lot of bad homicides that i attended um so i was able to use the art therapy to help me get through that mm-hmm that was yeah. here in town, in Santa Bay? My dad? No, yeah. I mean, like everything? Yeah. 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 That's unbelievable, really. Because mm -hmm. I can't, like, you know, what you guys, everybody who is in those emergency services you have to go through, that's unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's stressful. Mm -hmm. It's very stressful, and there's lots of bad things. I mean, nobody phones 911 to say happy birthday, right? <laughs> They phone 911 and someone's having a really bad day mm -hmm. or yeah. the worst day of their life. There's so. no day off ever either. No. You always have to be there. Yeah. Yeah. You can't say it's Christmas. Sorry, we're close today. Yeah, exactly. 
What is creating for you? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, anything, really. I mean, creating is doing something with your hands, singing, dancing, you know, mm -hmm. um, writing songs, poetry, anything that um, engages the other part of your brain that's not logical, I guess. Why does it feel so good? Like, why does it make us feel better? I'm not sure. I guess it's because of the, the serotonin in the brain or something or the endorphins that you engage in and it's, a, and it's something that you've done that nobody else has done. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the feeling that it, that it's good that you've done something that nobody else has created. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's just that, um, sense of authorship. Yeah. I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, even though in singing, you're singing somebody else's songs, unless you write your own, it's just that sense of accomplishment that you did it. And that someone said, yeah, you're a good singer. You really do that. Well, um, that's that good feeling that you get that warm, fuzzy instead of the, you're terrible. Why do you even bother doing it? Kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's about learning to listen to that and going, yeah, I am actually pretty good. Yeah. You know, and addressing that inner critic. Is feedback still important to you? Like in your personal life nowadays, the youth, um, do you still like, you know, I still like. Yeah, for sure. You okay. still want to have that validation that what you're doing is is on track and that, um, you know, that, that you're doing the right thing or that people are having a good time or whatever it is, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think everybody wants that validation. Mm -hmm. um, but you would feel good about you no matter what, though, right? Yeah. 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 Even if clients don't come back, I still feel pretty good about what we worked on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they may have graduated from seeing me which is great and and that's that feeling that it's good yeah you can't control that either though. No, no no yeah no exactly it's so complex yeah and you will never know might maybe you will never know maybe sometimes right yeah yeah i respect that a lot and i feel like you know the way you you do it is a really good really good way oh well thank you yeah i it's it's funny because I never would have thought of art therapy. Mm -hmm. um, and it was uh, it was kind of funny how it came up because I was seeing a psychiatrist who specializes in post-traumatic stress for first responders. Yeah. And I was getting ready to retire. And so she said to me, so what are you going to do when you retire? And I said, I don't know. I'll go teach part-time at Con College, I guess, or something. I'll find something to do. And she said, have you thought about art therapy? And I went, art what now? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I had no idea what it was. So then I looked online and went, oh. That's really interesting. I like that. Um, I can do that. And then I went to the Toronto Art Therapy Institute doing the distance learning program and yeah. became a registered art therapist. That's amazing. So, yeah. I feel that's so important because you went through it all. Mm -hmm. You went through all those experiences. And even if your experience is different, but you went through it, you had PTSD, right? PTSD. PTSD, yeah. 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 So, that's, yeah. that's so important. Yeah. So, I mean, I've lived the experience. I know that it can help. I know the things that I did. A lot of the exercises that I do or the art prompts that I do with clients, I've done mm. or I'll do that with them. Yeah. Um, and we talk about strengths and all that kinds of stuff just to empower people. I know earlier you put something up on there that said em empowering myself. Yes. Um, so that's an exercise um, might be closer to the top. 
that one on the right yeah empowering myself so it's a little image of uh, it's supposed to be me okay <laughs> and just some of um you know the the traits that i think are the characteristics that i have and then each of the four arrows is things that motivate you so things that are going to get you uh, motivated so uh, I can do anything I set my mind to and then things that I do to keep me motivated. My stress busters, I call them. So I have the things that um, that I do to, to actually relieve stress for me. Yeah. Uh, and raising confidence, like gaining that confidence and taking on any challenge. So just some of the things that I do and then what things make me happy. And mm -hmm. I will do things that make me happy. And that's what those are. So I get clients to do this and it's about empowering themselves. And it's just recognizing that you do have things that are good about you, like, you know, your characteristics and things that you can do to stay happy or motivated and use for stress busters and boost your confidence. I like that. Mm -hmm. Why is it so powerful if we write things on paper? I think it's good because it's visual because we keep it in our heads a lot. And if you actually put it on paper, it's really nice to see it. And they can take it home and they can put it somewhere where they can see it every day and it helps to reinforce the messaging that, that they're wanting to see. Yeah. So. Yeah, some people say it's not real till you draw it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you till you create it or you till you make it. Yeah. Like if you think about it, well, why don't you just like, you know, when you write it down, then, oh, here it is. Yeah. And I find that when people journal, so they, they've proven that, well, not proven, I guess, but I've read somewhere that if you actually write in a journal and cursive write, mm -hmm. it takes time to concentrate because you're concentrating on the words and you're concentrating on forming the letters and everything. And it's, it's a really good um, cathartic exercise to write things out. Yeah. Um, as opposed to typing on your phone or typing on the computer screen, when you're actually writing it out with your hand, it's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. yeah, your so. hand gets sore. Yeah, <laughs> especially if you got a whole book to write. Yeah. yeah, I used to write a journal every night, one oh, page. Yeah? I did it for four or five years. It Do you was, still have them? I just bought another book, and I still have them, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I wrote everything down. Nice. Like, I tracked, like, if I worked out that day, and then I just wrote about the day, how it went. Mm -hmm. Like, just, like, whatever. We drove to work today, we saw this, we went to the park after... The kids did this today, and the weather was like this. Yeah. Just like at the end of the day to reflect on your day. Yeah. It was really good. And they also find that um, if you you write things that you're grateful for, if people have a hard time sleeping, sometimes it's good to write something you, that happened that's in the day that was good mm. or something you're grateful for. Or a mind, I call it a mind dump or a brain dump. So at the end of the day when you can't go to sleep, just write everything down that you're thinking and put it aside and then try and get to sleep. And sometimes that helps too. Yeah. And it's just writing in a journal. Right. So. I believe that. Yeah. I like, I don't have, like, I always, I'm, I'm just done. I fall asleep right away. I can't like, you know. Yeah. I just like, like out tonight, we can, I go on a drive home. I disconnect for an hour. I couldn't go right away to bed. I mm -hmm. need to disconnect for one hour because like, this is pretty powerful stuff tonight we talk about. Mm -hmm. It's empowering for me. I feel good about it. And then I'm done. Yeah. And like, I've, I don't know why it is, but the way I grew up, and I've, I've asked this question many times with people that I had on. For some people, they can just let go of things, be it a fight, be it a, a stressful moment, be it a close call to whatever. It's just like a patient, you close it. And mm -hmm. I feel like some people can do it. And yeah. Others can't. 
And is there any like did we do research into that? Why people are are we just not taking life as serious? Are we seeing things differently? I'm not sure exactly. I know there has been some research done on that kind of stuff. I mean, I was able to compartmentalize everything at one point where you just you know you go to work you do that and then you go home and you compartmentalize it mm. um sooner or later for me anyway what happened is the file folders just opened up and everything was all over the place okay and it was just my brain was overwhelmed and it couldn't deal with it yeah and it was just like okay <laughs> you know I've, it's like um i did a sculpture and it, i call it ping pong brain and there's actually a form of a brain and then on the inside there's a ping pong ball and that's what it feels like where it's sitting on hitting on everything in your brain and you just you can't stop your thoughts and you just keep ruminating and it's just the way that your brain operates during that time some people are very good at shutting their brain off and and awesome like that's great Mm -hmm. um and i'm getting i've got to that point now where i can shut the brain off if i had a hard time sleeping i throw on my little um my little app it's called um, meditation rx and she talks you through it and yeah. Within 30 minutes, I'm asleep. Okay. So. Yeah, you went through stuff I didn't, mm. right? But like, you know, some people hold a grudge, for example. Oh, like, yeah. It's just like an, like an easy yeah. example. Yeah. And like, some pe- my mom always got offended because I would apologize so quick and then just carry on mm. if I did something really stupid. <laughs> right? <laughs> you took ownership but, of but it. But for me, it was, it was done. Yeah. Like I did, yeah. like, I've, I've, I screwed up. I said, sorry. And then, well, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. And that's perfect. And that's the way that you dealt with it. And that's awesome. Mm. And some people do ruminate about things and they think, oh, I should have done that. Why didn't I do this? And that was really awful. Why did you do that to me kind of thing? And yeah, it's almost like you apologize before you do it. Yeah. And then it's already gone. Yeah. It's it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it puts you in a bad spot because people usually feel like you are not being serious about it. Right. Because you just process it so quickly. Yeah, and that's great. And some people can't. Mm-hmm. So, But we don't know why, right? Uh, there is research, but I just can't spout the research right now as to why. Yeah. But yeah, there are reasons why people are able to let things go rather than ruminating on them. And it could be also from things that have happened in their past where they just keep bringing up the same incident all the time and something reminds them of it so it brings them back to that point okay. it could be partly that too yeah. right because memory is a funny thing i get that yeah yeah okay so all right tammy we're yeah. a little bit over the hour already like oh, 30 minutes. Wow. yeah so hmm. this was a blast oh thank you so much i really enjoyed it me too i learned a lot today and i i absolutely love what you're doing and i there's so much value and if people want to reach out to you, they can find you. We put the links in the chat on YouTube, and we also want to put them in the description below on Instagram. Your handle is, scroll up all the way, right there, north underscore superior underscore art underscore therapy underscore. And then you have your webpage there, right? Yes, absolutely. www.northsuperiorartservices.ca. AT services, yeah. Northsuperioratservices.ca because it wouldn't take art therapy services. Okay. I shortened it to AT. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. There it is all. Yeah. So reach out. If you want to try it out, get the help that you need. It's okay to try it out and get the help 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, sorry, the draw out, the real you came from just, you know, sometimes people, they 
think that they're not artists. So the idea is you draw out the real you because everyone's an artist. So that's why that come. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah. Everybody is. Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody is. And I love that. And I'm so thankful, you know, I got that time tonight with you to be together here. Yeah. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks, Tammy. Okay. Everybody have a wonderful night and reach out. We are here. Everybody take care. Bye-bye.